She's Tori. And he's Nick. And this is I Want to Rewatch. An X-Files podcast. Episode 9. Space. Just want to talk about space. <laughs> All right. Space. Space. So are you excited to talk about this episode? No, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, get excited, darn it. <laughs> So this episode was written by Chris Carter and directed by William Graham. It was filmed about the same time as the season premiere, so around September 10th, 1993, over the course of eight days in Vancouver, as well as at the Canadian Airlines Operations Centre in Richmond, British Columbia. Its original air date was Friday, November 12th, 1993. And it had a viewership of 10.7 million in the United States. So moving on up. Yay. Yay. What also was moving on up was apparently the budget for this episode. Because <laughs> much like the previous episode, Ice, this episode was supposed to be another cost saver because it uses a lot of low-cost NASA stock footage. However, they had to construct a mission control center for the episode, along with the digital effects that they used, which were rushed because they didn't have a lot of time on them, made this the most expensive episode of season one. Oh, man. Yeah, they're... Their cost saver episodes are not really doing them any favors. No, they need to stop trying to save money because trying to save money seems to cost them money. Oh, dear. So, yeah, so it's kind of crazy to think this episode is the most expensive episode of the season. Yeah, it is, especially yeah. as we get into it. We'll we'll talk about why that's yeah. hard and to I mean, believe. And I assume the pilot doesn't count as part of that because the pilot was a separate entity. We know they had $2 million for that. Right. So I'm assuming these episodes probably less as expensive yeah. as the pilot. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah. So what did they spend all this cool money on? So in this episode, a NASA employee comes to Mulder and Scully and she has the suspicion that someone at NASA is sabotaging the shuttle launches. So Mulder and Scully head to Mission Control in Houston to figure out who, if anyone, is the imposter. And it might be aliens. Ooh, aliens. Yeah, aliens. I am shocked. Shocked that there might be aliens in the X-Files. <laughs> yeah, it's... Unbelievable. Yeah, so we are at Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena, California, but it's not 1993, it's 1977. And there's a TV reporter, and she's talking about the NASA mission. And behind her, scientists in lab coats are all like, ooh, and they have champagne, because they got the first close-up photos transmitted from the Viking spacecraft, which include photos that seem to show presence of water that may have sustained life long ago on Mars. Also, it sent back a photo of what looks like a sculpted face on the planet's surface. However, the reporter interviews a NASA spokesman who says the sculpture is nothing more than, you know, wind and that kind of stuff on the surface of Mars. So it's just, you know, erosion. Right. What have you. It's not a real it sculpted face. Yeah, it just happens to look like a face. It's pareidolia. Right. Finding faces in like that. Yeah. Humans are really good at finding faces in everything. Yeah. So... In real life, the photo that they're specifying here of the, the face on Mars was actually taken on the 25th of July in 1976 by Viking One and was released with a caption describing the face on July 31st, 1976. And we will actually have a link to that original photo as well as the press release in our show notes. Nice. Yes. And then we cut back to the gentleman they were speaking to. 
he's actually Lieutenant Colonel Belt, and he's at his house. He's got a photo of that face on Mars, and he sets it down like on his end table, and he drops his keys on it, and then starts loosening his tie. And then we cut to him in bed, and he's kind of like, you know, he's not sleeping very well. He's kind of fitful. And he's having a nightmare about being on a spacewalk, and he's in full suit, and we get some nice footage of an astronaut doing a spacewalk in a spacesuit. But something's pulling at him, and he wakes up, and he sees the face from Mars on his ceiling, and then it comes down and blah, gets him. So you know what that means? Uh, what? Space go. <laughs> That would, that would be better, honestly. <laughs> I wish it was Space Ghost. And Colonel Belt is played by Ed Lautner, which I looked him up because he looks super familiar like so many of these actors do. And he is another actor who has been in just so many shows over the years. He had a pretty good run on ER, I guess. And he was, he's been in Psych. He's been in a couple other shows. Um, looking at his IMDb page, he tends to play fire marshals, sheriffs, and military officers. Yeah, apparently he was in Born on the Fourth of July, the Tom Cruise movie. Okay. Um, I don't know what character he played. I didn't look that go into that much detail on it. I don't remember. I think I've seen that movie once, like when it first came out. Right. So I do have to say though, because it's supposed to be like in nineteen seventy seven. So when we see him talking to the reporter, he's got a really bad dye job. (laughs) His hair is like almost like burgundy kind of reddish looking. But then when we cut to his house, I'm assuming it's still supposed to be 1977, but the dye job is gone. He's got the hair that we're going to see him in later in 19. He's got 1993 hair in that one. So, but I'm assuming that's supposed to be 1977 as well. We didn't get like a new date stamp or anything. Right. So we don't know. Yeah. So after the Space Ghost thing drops on him, we get the theme song. Yep. And then we cut to modern day and we cut between Space Shuttle Central at Cape Canaveral and Mission Control in Houston. And this scene, there's like a lot of back and forth. There's like a space shuttle that's about to launch. So we hear a lot of like, is this system ready? Systems ready. And, you know, all that stuff for a while. And then they retract the arms from the shuttle. And we see this woman at Mission Control and she's sipping from her mug and she looks pretty okay about things. And someone tells the astronauts to have a good trip and they start the countdown. And we see Colonel Belt there. And then at T minus three, in the countdown, Colonel Belt aborts the liftoff. Like one of his light sensors doesn't turn green or whatever, and he just aborts the mission. Oh, so you have a malfunction. Yeah, something's wrong. Houston, we have a problem. Yeah. Okay. So then we cut to Mulder and Scully, and they're sitting outside on like a little stepway, like almost like you know, like a like a city center kind of thing with like they have the you know the big wide steps, like in a you know like Pioneer Square or something. Yeah. Basically. And so Mulder tells Scully he got a note from someone at NASA who wants to talk. And Scully's like, well, the cloak and dagger routine. And Mulder's like, I don't know. So then we see some lady walk by in like dark glasses and a trench coat with a briefcase. <laughs> like not suspicious at all. She like walks past him and Scully's like, what? And then the lady stops and looks back at him. And then she comes around and sits in front of him. And it's the lady who was sipping coffee and working at Mission Control in Houston. So... She introduces herself as Michelle Gennaro and she tells them that she's the one who sent the note in case like they didn't figure that part out already. <laughs> and she's nervous and looking over her shoulder to make sure no one's, you know, no one followed her from Houston apparently to a uh, 
you know, track her down. And she's the mission control communications commander. And she thinks there's a saboteur at NASA. She tells him about the launch that was scrubbed two weeks ago. So we've, we've jumped two weeks ahead, timeline-wise. And she says there's a valve. And she's got like an x-ray of a valve, like apart from the space shuttle. Mm-hmm. And it's got some scoring on it that would make it fail. But there's no way that the valve could have been scored because it's made of like some super duper titanium that you need like temperatures that are basically the same temperature as like the shuttle itself launching to actually like cut that kind of titanium. So it's like, there's no way someone could have done that without it being detected. Right. So she believes there's someone at NASA who is trying to sabotage the place, but there's another launch scheduled for tomorrow. And her fiance is the shuttle commander. So she's, worried right and like so writing wise i understand like you've got to raise the stakes so you've got to her relationship with the ship like making someone on the shuttle her fiance like just increases that tension or something but like i feel like she could have that same concern and those same feelings without being engaged to someone on the shuttle so i guess like that that they're like people yeah, I mean, they're people that she works with and obviously wants the mission to succeed and doesn't want them to die. So that's probably yeah. enough. But I guess Chris Carter felt he had to add like it's TV. more personal stakes for her. Yeah, it is. And yeah. so that's that's why that is. But I just thought that was yeah. funny that, of course, like her fiance is the commander on the shuttle. Yeah, like, yeah. I would. I, I mean, I get it. Like, you, you know, you meet the people that you work with a lot of times and like a lot of people like, you know, they end up getting involved in relationships with people at oh, work. Oh, totally. But like in a job like this, I almost feel, and we'll get into this a little bit later, in the episode but i almost feel like that would be like maybe a not necessarily a conflict of interest but it could be problematic maybe right well it could affect your ability to objectively judge yeah. things yeah because yeah. You're, you have this other thing going on yeah well, anyway. we'll see if that happens yeah so. so then we get to houston mission control and it's the next day and Mulder and scully are being driven around on one of those like little carts you see at airports um or I don't know what they're called. I didn't look it up, but they're yeah. on the back. This was actually the part that they filmed at the Canadian Airlines Operations Center in Richmond. This was that location. Okay. Because everything else, everything else was actually filmed like on a set in Vancouver somewhere. Okay. So just so this little segment was at the, yeah. Th- that explains the cart. <laughs> yep. So Scully's wondering why anyone would want to sabotage a shuttle launch and Mulder kind of lists off reasons like he says it could be terrorism because shuttles are a symbol of american prosperity or someone who's anti-science or someone who's pro-science but believes the shuttles are rust buckets and should be like decommissioned and something else should take their place and he also points out that there are conspiracy theorists who think the government might sabotage their own mission because they're trying to hide evidence of alien life so basically Mulder's got a list of options <laughs> What I think is funny is because he says that they might be sabotaging their own to like, you know, keep secret information. And she's like, what secret information? And then he's like, proof of extraterrestrial existence or something like that. It's like, come on, Scully. <laughs> what do you think he was going to say? I mean, what else does he ever talk about? Come on. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. She's yeah, it like, was. What, whatever could you be talking about, Mulder? I have no idea. <laughs> So they pass through a hall of photos and Mulder's like, oh, Gemini 8. And he mentions that the man they're going to meet almost died on that mission because he had to make an emergency water landing in the Pacific Ocean. So they arrive at Lieutenant Colonel Marcus Aurelius Belt's office. And I'm just going to call him Belt because 
it's cool he's named after Marcus Aurelius, but I don't want to say that every time. Yeah, me too. So turns out Mulder's a big fan, hence the reference to Gemini 8 and talking about that. And he actually wanted to be an astronaut when he was a kid, we find out. Mulder did. So Scully pulls out the x-ray of the damaged power valve and she shows it to Belt. But he doesn't suspect sabotage at all. And as the questioning goes on, two things happen. One is we keep cutting to Mulder, who just keeps kind of like, like boyishly grinning at Belt <laughs> while Scully's asking a question and like it's total in awe of the guy. And then also Belt starts to get angry about all these questions and the accusation that someone may be trying to sabotage the shuttle. So Scully eventually asks him if he'd be willing to postpone the launch, but he says there's no way they're missing their window. And he points out they have security measures that would make sabotage almost impossible. And everyone who works at NASA wants the mission to succeed, and they're going to make sure that it does succeed. So as they're leaving, Mulder gets up and is like, thank you, thank you. You know, what shakes <laughs> his hand, and they walk out the door, and Scully's like, didn't you want to get his autograph? Honestly, I think it's kind of cool that Mulder is such like a fanboy of, of the astronauts and stuff. I thought that was really sweet. And it was good character building because we haven't seen a lot of like, we've seen a lot of Mulder's motivations, but we still don't know a lot about Mulder or Scully. So it's kind of nice to learn about them. Yeah. One thing we find out that is kind of wrong, though, <laughs> is that Mulder says he stayed up all night when he was 14 to watch Belt Spacewalk. But Gemini 8 was in 1966, and that would make Mulder 41 years old in this episode. So that is wrong. Right. Someone wasn't paying attention. Yeah. And then obviously this is based on a real-life thing. Um, Gemini 8 was actually commanded by Neil Armstrong, and it had what is generally reported to be a thruster malfunction, and then had to return three days early and did have a splashdown in the Pacific Ocean. It was originally planned to splash down in the Atlantic Ocean but because the three-day early re-entry, it ended up in the Pacific Ocean. Right. Um, also, just to, as we know, like when Belt was on that mission and in space, he said something was like pulling on his spacesuit. Yeah, um, he saw something too. Yeah. And there are a couple reports of astronauts reporting, like seeing mysterious stuff or strange stuff. And some astronauts have come back and they're kind of cagey about whether they believe in alien life. And um, one story in particular about a Gemini mission is in 1965, during the Gemini 4 mission, astronauts Ed White and James McDivitt were passing over Hawaii, and they looked out and they saw this metal object that had arms floating in space, supposedly. Um, mm -hmm. But no photo of this object exists, and there are people who contend that they took a photo and NASA's hiding it. It may just have been some kind of trick of, like, light and reflection or something. Yeah. Interesting, though, because that was 1965. That was Gemini 4. Right. And then in 1966, we had Gemini 8. So that means they must have had, like, in, like, one year. They were, they really were doing a lot out. of them. So they had, like, I think yeah. Gemini 3 was in March, and then Gemini 4 was in June of the same year. So I think they were doing okay. them every couple months. Yeah, I didn't actually get the date of Gemini 8. I just know it was in 66. So. Right. Yeah, they were doing them pretty frequently back then. Okay. So they speak with a tech at NASA who asks where they got the x-ray of the valve. They kind of show it to him. And he's like, where did you even get this? And he tells them the analysis doesn't make sense because, again, the material just can't be scored that way. There's just no way to do it. And Mulder's surprised he hasn't even seen the x-ray, but the tech tells them they're kind of a contractor, and so someone else might have ordered the analysis. 
Scully asks if he thinks someone might have intentionally done the damage. And again, he says no, because it's just like not possible. Plus yeah, there are such a high temperature to actually right. cut that material. That yeah. And also like there are 17,000 things that can go wrong with a space shuttle. And there are 17,000 people at NASA who are making sure those things don't go wrong. So he doesn't think that anyone would sabotage it, even if it were possible. And then they kind of ask about like, who has control over if the shuttle is safe enough to launch? And he says that every team makes their own safety assessment and recommendation, but in the end, Belt has the final call. So he makes the final decision. And Mulder can't believe Belt would endanger other astronauts when he was an astronaut himself. Yeah, so then we cut to mission control. So there's lots of back and forth between the teams. Again, we're getting that, like, you know, all the verifications before you have a shuttle launch. And... Mulder had asked previously if they could stay and watch it. And Belt was like, well, if you don't, you'll probably go over my head, which if he has the final say, I don't know whose head they would go to. But anyway, but he lets them stay. So they're able to watch it from the back. And then, you know, everything goes through. They retract the stuff from the shuttle. All the checks go through. And boom, everything's good. And the shuttle lifts off. And everyone cheers and claps. And everything looks awesome. However... Considering, like, her super cloak and dagger routine in Washington, D.C., like, Michelle is, like, super casual about giving Scully and Mulder, like, a thumbs up. Yeah, When she is... technically wouldn't have met them yet. Because she's doing it, and at first, Belt, like, she, she turns around and gives a thumbs up, and Belt thinks that she's doing it to him. But then he realizes she's not looking at him, and he turns around and realizes that Mulder and Scully are up on the, like, the mezzanine above her, and she, that she's doing it to them. So he's like, hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, she, yeah good job, Michelle. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I just was like, <laughs> it didn't occur to me like, oh, yeah, Belt doesn't know that they've even met. So that was a little awkward that she would maybe because yeah. they're guests, though, like maybe they I mean, I'm sure they have guests all the time who come in and watch the launches. So maybe that's just like, hey, look, we did it. You know, she can kind of play it off the way. But he definitely sees it and is suspicious. So whoops. A good job. <laughs> so then we go to Mulder and Scully and they're at a hotel and they are following this bellhop who has their luggage like on a luggage rack. And Mulder's gushing about how cool it was to watch the launch. Like, he's totally geeking out. I love it so much. It's great. So are, are you thinking they're getting ready to leave? Because, like... You know, it's, I thought they, they were checking room, in. Or? I thought... Because okay. they were heading to the elevators, and it looks like they're checking in and get Because they probably don't have a flight out till the next day if they... Okay. You know, so I'm guessing... I would just assume in. they would have done that already, but I guess not. Well, I, I think they probably got off the plane and went straight to okay. NASA because it was, you know, time crunch. Uh, maybe there's a reason why I'm not an FBI agent. I'd be like, I'm going <laughs> to my room first. Yeah. Well, you, and you, okay. most hotels you can't check in until later anyway. So. Oh, okay. Anyway, so Mulder's g- uh, gushing about how awesome it was. And then as they're heading to the elevator, Michelle rushes in and she shouts Mulder's name and she stops them. And she says something's wrong with the shuttle. Um, they had done a shift change and she had gone home to sleep. And about 20 minutes after she got home, she got a phone call that communication with the shuttle had gone dead. So she runs to Mulder and Scully for help. Oh. And hey, Mulder and Scully are finally staying in a real hotel. Like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with a good roadside motel at all, but this is the first time their budget has apparently let them stay in a hotel that has like a bellhop and rooms and like upstairs. Not exactly the stay and save. Yeah. It's a little in, fancier. Uh, Iowa. Yeah. Okay. Fancier accommodations. So they're driving Mulder and Scully are in their car and they're following Michelle in her car mm-hmm. and it's, it's raining like monsoon season in 
Houston, apparently. Although you gotta assume this has gotta be like in November or I mean we might be in '94 already. We don't know because we don't get a date stamp on this episode at all. So because we know the last one was in November of '93. So they're driving and Scully's trying to do the station and we're not getting any channels. So they're probably going to get abducted by UFOs. <laughs> but Mulder says, no, there's probably just a press blackout and they don't want anyone to know there's a problem with the shuttle. So again, it's raining super hard and Michelle's driving and like, she cannot see, like she needs to use her defroster because they keep cutting to like her point of view through the windshield. And like, you cannot see anything nope. on the road. It's just but water coming down. Yeah. And like mist and stuff. And she's, but she's just like, cruising along like it's a sunday drive and then suddenly this space ghost jumps out <laughs> through her windshield and she's like ah so of course she lets go of the steering wheel and like throws her hands up and then we hear car crash noises and then we cut to Mulder and scully pulling up behind her and her car's upside down and the wheels are spinning mm -hmm. and she's like help 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 i'm pinned and scully of course is like can you move and she's like i'm pinned and like it's weird because in the conversation she keeps saying things and like both Mulder and Scully like didn't ask the question that she basically just answered. But anyway, so Mulder's able to get her out and they're like, what was it? And she's like, I don't know. It was some kind of face. So it was space ghost. Yeah. It's kind of weird too, that like her car flipped over. Like I know there was another car involved. Like we heard a horn, but it just seems like the accident was way worse than like I maybe the horn it. was like her hitting the steering wheel when it flipped over maybe something. anyway so, we don't really i'm see going to assume accident. she was like I'm, I'm just going to assume like maybe the shoulder was low on the side yeah so it just and rolled. then when she went off the road it just rolled yeah. yeah so then we get back to mission control and michelle's co-worker tells her that the orbiter on the shuttle is malfunctioning so the shuttle is now 103 degrees inside i guess they've gotten contact back with the shuttle or maybe they can tell that from their system i'm not well, they sure they do talk to them because then they're asking them like how does it feel on the shuttle? right so yeah they must yeah. have established contact again um so and then he sees like she's got this blood on her forehead and he's like what happened and she mentioned she was in an accident and just kind of like gets right back to work Mulder and Scully, or I'm sorry, Mulder tells Scully that without the orbiter, they basically can't rotate the shuttle away from the sun to keep it cool. So, like, Mulder's kind of explaining to the audience what's going on. Yeah, Scully keeps, Scully keeps doing the thing of, like, she's asking Mulder, like, what's happening? And right. then he ex gives exposition. That's how they're letting yeah. us know what's going Apparently on. Apparently they lost telemetry. Yeah. So maybe they maybe they lost both and they got communications back, but they don't have control over the shuttle. Right, so Michelle shuttle runs turn. through kind of, like, what's going on and like the backup systems on the shuttle have mostly failed. And again, like you said, they lost telemetry, so they can't control it from their end from down there. And so Mulder's like, well, where would we fix that? Or what's, you know, where would someone interfere with that? Because Michelle says someone must be interfering with it. And she says it has to be in the data banks, which I, I do not understand how any of this works. So I'm just going off what they say. Yeah. The because like because like one of the other guys at the control, well, if they're interfering, it has to be digitally. Right. So, they have so to then be... she's like, and then she says, well, it has to be at the databanks then. Right. So then they rush to the databanks. And she goes with them, which is like, she just like abandons her job. She's like the mission commander, apparently. But she's like, I'm going to go with these FBI agents while you guys are trying to figure out what's going on. Because I'm going to go like look at the databanks. But that seems weird. Yeah. But, but they all go to the databanks and... You know, Mulder and Scully draw their guns. And, of course, Michelle doesn't because she doesn't have one. Or we're assuming she doesn't. And they're looking around. And then we do kind of see, like, a shadow across the camera, like, behind their backs, like, run across the screen. And then 
Mulder must have hears him because he turns around, he starts to follow, but then all the lights go out. Boom. And it's super dark, and Scully's like, Mulder! And the lights kind of come up, like generator backups, I'm guessing. They kind of come on, like, partially. Right. It's kind of, like, dim, like every other light's on or something like that. And then they see a guy in a lab coat hiding in a corner. So Mulder tells him to come out, and he's like, but I work here. And so Michelle checks his badge, and everything's fine, because he says, like, he got an alert from one of the telemetry systems that it wasn't working, so he was co- he was there to check it out. So well, his story sounds good. So Mulder tells them to call security and like basically lock down the building. Don't let anyone in or out without all the necessary security measures that need to be taken. Right. So then they head back to Mission Control, and Michelle gives Belt a report and says someone's interfering with their systems, and she wants to bring the shuttle back down. She thinks that it's not safe. They need to get it back to Earth right now. Which I'm not sure how they could do that if they don't have control of the shuttle. Right. And so Belt's idea is basically they abandon any control, kind of disconnect from the shuttle, and then they reestablish communication. And that should help the shuttle, like, I guess, reset itself. So then the shuttle commander can, like, regain control. Yeah, it sounds like it's, like, like default autopilot. And then if they turn off the autopilot, then the astronauts can do something. Right. So they basically need to, like reset the system to do that so they have to like disconnect from it so they do that and there's like a 60 second break where they have to like wait and then they try and reestablish connection and they can't get video but michelle does get through on audio and david says hey we finally got the shuttle to fly right and david is the commander he's also her fiance so they're excited he says the temperature is going back down things on the shuttle are stabilizing and everyone is super relieved yeah, because apparently they were flying backwards. Because one, I remember when they were describing like the telemetry and like what the position of the shoulder was. It was like they're they're currently like going tail first, and they were also upside down with the belly of the shuttle facing the sun. So they were gonna like just burn up. Right. They were gonna. They were, everyone was gonna die and catch on fire basically in space if they didn't get the shuttle turned the right way. So. Yeah. Do you think it was weird during the 60 seconds? So they've got a huge digital clock in front of them that tells them that I'm guessing is like the launch, like how long it's been that they've been like in space. Like, you know, probably zero was the launch time. It's always like T minus, And then we start getting positive numbers. They've got a big clock in front of them that counts down like the hours, the minutes and the seconds. But when they're doing the 60 seconds for when they, when they cut the communications, she's like looking at her wristwatch and like reading off the time. She's like, 30 seconds, 45 seconds. It's like, why don't you just look at the big clock in front of everybody? Like, they can look at it too. But just for yeah. dramatic effect. I guess, yeah. Yeah. So, it, now that everything's cool, Belt was like, I gotta go to the bathroom. So, he goes to the bathroom, and he's splashing water on his face, and he starts kind of, like, looking in the mirror, like, oh, oh, my God, what's wrong with my face? And looking very, like, spooky, spooky. Well, then we cut to a press conference, and he's at the podium. So apparently, everything's cool. And in the back, Scully and Michelle are talking, and she's like, "How did he know what? No, how did he know that would work?" And she's like, "He didn't. They could have died up there." So she's all like upset. But bringing back the shuttle without delivering the payload would mean millions of wasted dollars, and Belt wasn't willing to do that because if they couldn't deliver the payload, then Congress would just cut the budget, and NASA would be gone. So that's why he's risking their lives, according to Michelle. Right. So then we cut back to the press conference, and Belt tells everybody that everything was smooth and look and went super cool. That shuttle went up, no problems, and they're in space, and they're getting ready to do their mission. Awesome. And Mulder's like, 
but you lied. So. Yeah, Mulder looks super, like, gut-punched. Like, yeah. 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 I do think, we talked about before, there may be some judgment clouding going on here. Because, like, if he hadn't cut the controls to let them take over, they would have died anyway. Right, because they couldn't have brought them down because they couldn't Yeah, because her that. thing was like, if, if they couldn't reestablish connection, then they would have just been drifting. They would have been a ghost ship and they would eventually die, you know, because no one could get to them. But if they hadn't cut the connection, there was no way they could turn the shuttle, so they would have, like, roasted. Right. So it's not, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, they had to do something. Not a lot of good options there, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So after the press conference, Mulder chases Belt down and he's like, why would you lie? Like he's super <laughs> like hurt by this. Yeah. And Belt says that being an astronaut is it's risking your life. Like, you know, the risks. And he says the press is always just waiting for a catastrophe. Like shuttle launches used to be on the you know front page news. And now they're only front page news when something goes wrong. Otherwise it's all like page six or whatever. So he yep. doesn't really trust the press. He doesn't want to give them fuel for their like why the shuttle system is bad stories or whatever and he tells Mulder that he'll prove himself by bringing those men home safely and you yeah. know obviously there are no women on this mission because why would you put lady astronauts in your fictional astronaut I mean, story I mean do we know there's no <laughs> ladies on it the only this person we know as far as we know it's just like Dave up there like flying the shuttle by himself we don't know for sure but no one ever said they always say men so I'm just assuming that okay. it's all men okay I mean, that could just be habit, but yeah. Mm, but I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, we did have, I mean, you know, Sally Ride and... I mean, we did, yeah, we've had lady astronauts on this mission, yeah. not so much. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we don't know, but yeah, no one specifically said it, so. So then we cut back to Belt's house again, and he's pulled some uh, vodka out of the fridge and just drinking it straight from the bottle, and it's plastic vodka, so that's like bottom shelf like paint thinner right there. paint thinner that's like, vodka that's like not even bottom shelf like lift the trap door up out of the floor and get the vodka and then but yeah so he's drinking it and he's loosening his tie and his cufflinks and that kind of stuff and kind of lays down he's looking out the window at first then he lays down he starts having another flashback so he's back in his spacesuit and he's saying like there's something out here it's something out here with me and they're like what can you repeat that can you repeat that and then his laying on his bed and his face kind of like morphs in not so good CGI into like the face on Mars. It's kind of dark gray. So basically it's like the black and white photo is becomes his face. Right. So we don't even get color. We get black and white photo version of the face on him. And then some ghostly apparition rises up out of him and goes out the window. Right. And I just want to say, if this is supposed to be Belt's house, his bedroom looks like a hotel room. Like, it's got this very generic hotel room bedspread. It's got, like, this generic painting of a landscape. And it just looks very hotel rather than lived in. So I don't know if it's supposed to be his condo or if he's supposed to be in a hotel. Yeah. Well, it is definitely a hotel room because it's the director's hotel room. Nice. <laughs> but my thought was got. like, yeah. So, but my thought was that maybe it is a hotel room because maybe he doesn't live there. He's just just there when there's missile when when there's missiles. Hmm. What is NASA doing? He's just there when there's missions. Maybe. And so maybe like NASA puts him up in a hotel while he's there. 
Maybe yeah. he's in the same hotel that Mulder and Scully are. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But, yeah. But it is definitely a hotel room. Right. For sure. But whether it's supposed to be or not, yeah. There's very debate unclear. on that. Yeah. I guess it doesn't matter that much. So then back at Mission Control, the shuttle is calling to say something is wrong again. What? I um, know, <laughs> shock. And at the computer banks, the technicians are like pulling mother- motherboards out and Michelle and Mulder and Scully are just kind of watching. And then one of the techs notices something about them. And he says, look at that right here. And someone yeah, ro- like one of the, like one of the computer chips has like been pulled off of the Right. So that's how like yeah. the telemetry system is broken or something. And someone runs in and tells Michelle that like the shuttle is having an oxygen leak, which obviously is not good. So yeah. <laughs> Mulder says the same thing happened to Colonel Belt's shuttle and they get back to the mission control. So it goes back and forth from the mission control room to like this data center. And then they're back. And basically Colonel belt isn't there and he was supposed to be there 90 minutes ago. And they're talking about like, what's going to happen to the shuttle because it's leaking oxygen out of its main tank. And they don't know if both tanks are damaged, but basically if both tanks run out, they have a 30 minute backup tank and that's all they've got. So obviously if both big tanks are leaking, they're in serious trouble. Yeah. Well, we know belt is like, you know, drinking vodka back at his bed. Yeah, so. but they don't know that. They know he's supposed to be at work and he's not there. So that's true. Well, Ammon looking. I'm I'm not sure because I'm guessing they reestablish when they reestablish connection with the shuttle. They also reestablished telemetry control on the shuttle. Right. And so the fact that they're like just pulling motherboards out of the telemetry system to check them seems odd. Maybe they have. Backups, but I guess if they had backups, why would they have had the problem? But I don't understand. Sure, they know on. what they're doing. I don't know. I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a little weird. I don't understand how the system works at all. So to <laughs> me, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. I do wonder though if these if these computer banks were also at the um, Canadian Air Control Center because that would seem something weird to just have around or to build on yeah, your own. Yeah, I wonder if it was so part that, of the set that they built. So that, well, if they said they had to build it, though, that would be crazy. So yeah. I think that may be possible. Who knows? Yeah. They spent a lot of money building shit for this episode, which is why <laughs> it was like the most expensive episode. So, and it definitely isn't in the special effects. So it's in something. Anyway, so Mulder and Scully go to find Bell. So they head either back to his hotel or to his building or to the hotel that they share with Belt. Who knows? But they go back to find him, and they're knocking on the door, and no one is answering. Because Mulder is like, you know, even though it's, there's an oxygen leak, Scully's like, why do we even need him? Like, I know what happens when you run out of oxygen. And Mulder's like, well, we have to get Belt, because that's the same situation he dealt with on Gemini 8, and so he would know how to handle it better right. than anybody else. But like I said, they're knocking on the door, and he's not answering. So Scully's like, I'm going to go get security. She turns around and gets ready to go get security. And the door opens and Belt op- is standing there. And he looks like maybe like three sheets, right? Like he's had some vodka going on. Oh, yeah. But he just is like, you're like, I am not feeling good. And they're like, well, we need to get to work because we've got problems at the shuttle again. Right. So then they arrive back at Mission Control. There's a lot of running back and forth here. Yeah, there's a lot of... Oh, I know. It's like back and forth, back and forth. And back at Mission Control, Michelle basically tells belt they don't know how bad the leak is and so belt makes contact with the shuttle and he tells them to get into their spacesuits and depressurize the cabin and they need to vent the co2 that's built up in the shuttle and then he tells them to go ahead and use their emergency oxygen i don't know if he means like in the suits or 
And it's not the one in the shuttle yet because they use that later. So it must be like the suit oxygen. It might be because things happen really fast here. Yeah, it's it's hard so. to tell. So anyway, he wants them. Basically, he does all that, and everyone's like, "Okay, good. He's gonna get them back. He's gonna get them back." And then instead of saying, "Okay," and then come back, <laughs> he's like, "And deliver your payload." And like everyone is just like, "Oh, are you serious?" And Michelle's really angry about it, and she says, "Those are men up there." And Belle tells her she's out of line, and that there's more at risk than her personal life, which obviously is a dig at her fiance being on the shuttle. Mm-hmm. And he questions her job, her ability to do her job objectively. So she storms out, and Mulder again looks pretty disgusted with the whole situation. So, yeah. Although I mean, like, I think they would need to have gotten their suits and done all that stuff anyway, because obviously the shuttle doesn't have any oxygen. So they need to get in their suits and use that oxygen. So maybe the emergency oxygen is what is in what powers, maybe not powers their suits, but like it flows to the suit kind of sort of thing. Well, I think they still had so, some oxygen. It was just losing it. So they were. Yeah. And then so like, you know, they have to, but they have to depressurize. So that's why they had to get in the suit right. because they need, because even if they don't have a lot of oxygen, they need to get rid of all the CO2. So I'm not sure how you get rid of the CO2 that also getting rid of all the other oxygen that's currently in the shuttle, but it's I don't space. Have any so idea. who knows? <laughs> yeah. But like whether it's the emergency oxygen or not, I mean, it takes them like two minutes to get in their suits and deploy the satellite. Apparently like it happens like really fast. And then later we find out there's only like 16 minutes of emergency oxygen left. So it probably is the emergency oxygen, but well, I, I think later think it, they say know. that they had to start using it. So I think it happens later, but I'm not sure. Yeah. A lot. There's so much ba- like running back and forth in this episode that it's like hard to keep track of like what's happening when because like yeah people are running in and out of mission control and it's like what's going on yeah and and speaking of which timing is kind of a little bit of weirdness in yeah this as well so yeah so then Mulder and Scully run after Michelle who's crying because again yeah. no one can stay in one room for more than three minutes. And she's, you know, super angry. And she says it's unconscionable to put this payload before the men. And Scully thinks there's definitely sabotage because there's just been too many things going wrong with this shuttle. Like, this is way too much stuff. And Michelle says they need to get the shuttle back to Earth before those men die. And Mulder insists that Belt doesn't want the men to die, that he's doing what he thinks will help. And he knows what he's doing. And they just need to find a way to help Belt or something. Yeah, but also if they've already if like if they deployed the satellite, well they haven't yet. Right, but they're about to. Right. Then once they're done with that, they're coming back anyway because there's no other reason to be up there. Right. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, so Mulder asked the scientists that they found in the databanks before. The dude with the glasses. Who, yeah, it's the same guy. Apparently, like yeah. one dude works at NASA. Yeah. Well, he's not the same guy who ran and told Michelle there was an oxygen leak. So there's at least two dudes. In there, so, <laughs> but yeah. But anyway, he's like apparently the whatever guy so they talk to him and they're like i need all the information that you have for documents on previous missions including challenger and everything right the data banks and he's like that's tens of thousands of documents and they're like don't care gotta find stuff and skull is like what are we looking for and he's like we need schematics or proof that belt knew about any sabotage or any problems on other missions so what's weird is the dude is like pulling all this data up on a computer screen like you see data text just flowing across a computer screen, mm-hmm. but then they end up looking through binders. Yeah. They're like in a like file room kind of. So yeah. And they're like the dude who's in control of all those file binders is going to be pissed off because they just like look at a binder and they don't find what they want. They just put it on the floor. Right. 
So someone's got to pull all that stuff back, Mulder and Scully. So, so. Well, they're doing that. We get back to mission control and then we see footage of the shuttle and they're initiating their payload delivery. And for some reason, I, I was convinced that this was like, I don't know if they ever say satellite. They just keep calling it a payload. And so I kept thinking it was like a delivery to the space station. And I have no idea why I thought that because they obviously never say it. And the space station didn't even go into space until 1998. So it wasn't even up there. But I think just because I had, you know, over the last 10 years or so, I've watched a lot of videos like on YouTube or like from the space channel or whatever of them like delivering payloads to the like space docking station. with like a yeah. station or something yeah. so i think that's why that's what i was thinking so they just fling the satellite into space which makes sense but when i was watching it i'm like why are they just flinging it into space well that doesn't do anything yeah it's because i saw your notes and you were like why are they just like flinging it out into space and i'm like um have you ever heard of satellites and you're like oh yeah. yeah i don't know for some reason i was just like super confused by that i'm like if that's all they have to do is fling it into space then what is even the point <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's just because I didn't realize it was a satellite. So. <laughs> Payload is a technical <sighs> term. That we use yeah, in it can mean a lot so, of things. You know. So anyhow, after they get the satellite out, um, the men start shouting that there's something outside the ship, like there's some kind of ghost, and they're freaking out. And then Belt, who's in mission control, just like screams. It's probably space ghost. <laughs> yeah. And we do get like an image of like a shuttle in space, like stock footage, with like some like CGI shadow action, like attacking the nose Misty of the shuttle. Misty blur. Yeah. So tens of thousands of documents, needle in a haystack. But guess what? They find exactly what they're looking for. Scully finds a diagram of the failed O-ring from the Challenger shuttle, and Belt apparently is the one who ordered it which is notable because he apparently ordered it a few weeks before the Challenger launch, when in reality, the O-ring wasn't determined to be the cause until like June. Cause like the shuttle launched in on January 28th of 1986. Right. Obviously, you know, exploded killing all aboard, but it wasn't until June that we learned what the actual problem was. So that's right. pretty notable because he did have specifically ordered a, like view of the O-rings before it launched. So Scully then asked like, well, what if he knew about that? And we're kind of like, mm, well, I'm thinking maybe he did Scully. Come on, quit asking those questions just so we can get exposition. So Michelle runs in and says belt has collapsed. So they head into his office and they're like, where is he? And she's like, I don't know. He was just here. And then we hear this little, uh, and he's under his desk, like huddled in the fetal position. And on his like, desk blotter it's written like help me like in crazy like almost like little kid script but like all like you know yeah and then he's huddled in there and he keeps saying help me and so they get him out and he's all sweaty and then they call for medical people like hey get some medical people in here right get some help so, yeah so do you remember the challenger explosion did you watch it i did because since Christine McCullough was on it, which was a school teacher. Yes. Because I was, well, I was, I was 15 at the time. Okay. My birthday's in July and this was in January of 86. But yeah, everyone was watching it at school, at high school. Yeah. So, I know a lot of schools had it on. I was, yeah. I guess I wasn't quite four yet. I was like three and a half. I do remember, I do remember it, but I don't know how much of that memory, like I, it's one of my first memories, 
but like I've thought about it so many times over the years I don't know how accurate that memory is but I do remember like I was watching it because my mom thought it was important that I see like women are going into space and like there's a teacher on that shuttle and that's really important and cool and then you know obviously it exploded I don't know how much at the time I understood you know how I knew it was bad but I, I don't know how much my little three and a half year old brain processed but I did see it so one of yeah. my first memories <laughs> yeah but shout out to Richard Feynman because he was one of the lead investigators on the Rogers Commission, which then presented its findings on June 9th, 1986. And he did, if you've never seen it, you can probably go to YouTube and find it. But during the presentation to Congress, he actually took one of the O-rings and showed that it was nice and flexible and then dipped it into a glass of ice cold water and let it sit in the water for a while and then pulled it out. And then he just cracked it. Right. And showed so how the cold it was... showed how it was so brittle. Yeah. Right. And so and launching during caused... the cold was not a good idea. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so the EMTs arrive and Belt is still like pleading for help. And Scully thinks he's having some kind of seizure. Michelle basically is like, well, screw this. I'm bringing the shuttle down. And like, as she's storming out, he's like, don't. Belt's like, don't. You can't. And, like, that's all, like, he kind of is, he's not really making clear sentences, but he's mm -hmm. obviously not happy about that. And so they get him on a gurney, and Scully wants to give him a sedative, but Mulder's like, no, he's trying to tell us something. We can't give him a sedative until he, like, tells us what he's trying to say. And Belt says, like, the shuttle can't survive re-entry because the fuselage is damaged. And then he says he didn't sabotage the shuttle, but he couldn't stop them. And Mulder's like, who? Who couldn't you stop? And Belt is just like, it lives in me. And then we get a flashback of the thing attacking him in space. And then it cuts back to now. And he's like, it's coming back. It's coming back. And his face kind of morphs into that Mars face again. So it's like grayish on the edges, like ashen, and then just like charcoal. And then it looks like that weird face from the photo. And Michelle says it's the face she saw in the fog. And then a man comes in and reports that the shuttle is now using their 30 minutes of emergency backup oxygen. So now they're like on a tight, tight clock. Oh, okay. So this is when they actually, okay. Yeah. So, Cause this okay. is when they start using it. I knew it was later. I knew it came I up. I must've missed that part in the whole, all the other stuff. Yeah. There's a Mulder lot is, going on. Cause like, Mulder is totally like Scully wants to give him a shot, but Mulder is like, no. And like start doing like hypnosis on him, basically like making him like focus on a finger and like trying to get him to calm down and focus and focus and focus. And that's how Mulder's like getting, all this information out of him, but at the same time, like his blood pressure is like shooting up. Like you could right. EMTs like his blood pressure is like one ninety six over, and Mold and Scully's like, "You're gonna kill him. He's gonna have an aneurysm." And he's like, "Hush, I'm doing this," and then <laughs> keeps like getting him to talk. And so that's how they get all the information, right? So, but then like we got to get him to the hospital. Yeah. So and like the shot of him getting attacked in space looks really bad. And the CGI of his face, like, morphing doesn't look that good. I guess Michelle comments on it, but, like, Scully or the medical doctors don't comment on the fact that this guy's face is, like, morphing into this black... Yeah. Well, it is, it is really quick. It is really quick. It's not it's like the weird. other scene. It's really quick. It's like, it kind of does it, and then he turns his head, and he's back to normal again. Yeah. But, yeah, and then, yeah, she totally was like, that's the face I saw. It's like, oh... I mean, you know, maybe the EMTs are, like, looking at their equipment because, like, his blood pressure is, like, shooting up, right? So they're probably, like, keeping an eye right. on, like, the, the stuff. But, yeah, no one else. Yeah. I mean, M Mulder kind of mentions it later at the very end because he says, like, he was definitely possessed by something. So maybe that's what he's referring to. I don't know. But, yeah, mm -hmm. the fact that that didn't get mentioned. But, yes, we totally could have 
we'll go into that more. They could totally could have gone about showing a lot of that stuff that they yeah. showed. That just didn't look as good. There, oh. there are ways they could have done that without having to actually do what they did. So, so then Michelle tells the shuttle that it's time to bring the shuttle down, which, I mean, it would be anyway because they're done with their job. But anyway, so the astronauts are like, yeah, we'd come home. And then the EMTs are rolling him out. We, I mean, we have to say, like, he's like, they're going to die because there's been sabotage of the shuttle. Like, right. The fuselage is damaged. So he already yeah, said so it like, can't with So, like, if you come in, it's going to burn up. And so it's like, okay, we're going to bring you in, but you're probably going to die. But anyway, Mulder's, like, still with Bill. Like, they're wheeling him away down the hallway. And Mulder's like, you got to tell us what we need to do. You got to tell us what we need to do. Focus, focus, focus. And so he finally, like, gets off, like, they got to change the directory 35 degrees. And then he's, like, gone. Right. So Mulder runs down the mission control and he's like, you got to change the trajectory 35 degrees. Otherwise, they're going to burn up. She's like, we can't do that. That would require, like, changing the landing coordinates and getting a new position and all kinds of stuff. We can't do that. But then, like, really quick, the other dude on the thing is like, weather conditions in Albuquerque are cool. And they're like, okay, we can do it. But, like, they're getting ready to go into a, some part of the reentry where, like, there's radio blackout for two minutes right mm -hmm. and so they need to let the people know they need to change the trajectory or they're going to die so she's like shuttle shuttle you need to change your trajectory to 35 degrees and then boom we get radio blackout so we never get a confirmation right so we don't know if they heard it or not we just yeah. hope that they did and we don't know if they got it so we know they have 60 minutes of oxygen left and hawaii is like oh hey we picked up the shuttle on the radar so it's in the right place if they had changed the trajectory but she's like, that doesn't mean anything. And then Albuquerque doesn't have it on the radar at all. So that's not a good sign. But maybe it's still too far away. So we get some tense drama. And then she starts trying to reconnect to them. Like, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? But then we get radio contact back. And everyone's safe. And hooray. They land in Albuquerque. Woo. Yeah. And they're like, do you guys know any good places to eat around here? And like, whatever. So they're all safe. It's good. Yeah. So we had a two minute radio blackout, correct? Uh, supposedly. They specifically say two minute radio blackout. She tells them, you got to change your trajectory. 35 degrees. Do you copy? And then we get the like radio blackout activated or whatever he says not activated it's not like they flipped on radio <laughs> blackout but whatever right like yeah. we're now in radio blackout and then we get a shot of that big clock that no one pays attention to and it says 16 26 01 so 16 hours 26 minutes one second because then they cut back to it and it goes like 02 03 so like, again i'm guessing this is a flight time because if it was like the daytime like the actual time of day that'd be like four o'clock so that doesn't make any sense so it's probably like how long it's been in the air, I'm right. guessing. But then we get Michelle, like everyone's kind of tense. And then she starts being like, can you hear us? Can you hear us? Can you hear us? And we cut back to the clock and it's been 15 seconds. Right. And she's just like, can you hear us? Can you hear us? And everyone's freaking out. The guy <laughs> next to her is like, throws his hands up in the air like oh my god i don't know why they're not responding we're doomed and it's like dude it's been like 30 seconds you said it was two like you're you're the specific person who said it was going to be two minutes it's been 30 seconds why are you freaking out <laughs> and then finally we get the crackle crackle and they're like hey anybody know we're a good place to eat in albuquerque and we cut to the clock and it's 16 27 04 right so it's been a minute so the the timing on the clock was not done correctly at all yeah <laughs> i mean i thought time was a universal invariant 
So, <laughs> well, we learned that it isn't, obviously. <laughs> right, because it can be affected by gravity. And Scully should have known that because she wrote a paper on it for her senior thesis. But <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Anyway, then we... I had to get a rant in somewhere. <laughs> this is not about Glenn Morgan. That's so. true. <laughs> sorry, Glenn. Uh, so Michelle, sorry. <laughs> Michelle gives a press conference and like Belt, she lies and she says the mission was successful and had no incident. And she is not convincing at all. You no, know, she's pretty wooden, but no one's questioning her. It's not like anyone's lobbing questions, whatever, whatever. Like she's just, they're all taking her at her word. She's like, and the mission had no problems. Like, oh, I believe you. Yeah, cool. All right. <laughs> Doesn't matter. That's what they'll report. <laughs> okay. And then we cut to Bell in his hospital room, and he's lying in the bed, and I think he's watching the press conference on the news. Yeah, I think he was watching it, yeah. And his face starts morphing again and turning, like, black and gray, and we see that, like, Mars face. And so he, like, gets out of bed and rips out his IV, and he starts fighting with this entity, and it, like... I don't know, they have like a, a thing and he's trying to fight it and then he grabs onto it and he jumps out the window. And yep. then you see him like basically falling to his death and it kind of cuts to like pictures of him in space and then falling. Yeah. Which to me, like this is an alien entity that's left his body, attacked a car, flown to literal space to like mess with the spaceship. But, like, somehow he can, like, hold it and keep it under control during this plunge and, like, kill it, too. So, like, that didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm, it's sort of like with the stuff in Ice, where, like, De Silva doesn't act the way that everyone else acts when she's supposedly infected. And I was like, well, maybe it affects women different. She's the only woman who was affected by it, right? So I'm like trying to give them an out that they probably didn't plan as an out. Here I've kind of got the same thing where maybe it was just more of like he was, that's how he could break its control over him. Right. But it does so, look like he's trying to hold on to it and take it with yeah, him. Like I mean, he, maybe he believed that that would happen. Maybe. I mean, he obviously wasn't in his right state of mind. True. So, true. But anyway. Yeah. Yep. Yep, so then we cut to a newspaper saying former astronaut plunges to death and Mulder's looking at it. And there's like newspapers everywhere. He's like in a reading room. Yeah, he is. But like the newspapers are like spread out everywhere. Like almost like he's getting ready to paint or something. And, but he's looking at it and he's kind of sad because, you know, the dude was his hero. Even if he was, you know, sabotaging the shuttle, it was still his hero, childhood hero, you know. And he says something like, Mulder does say, like, he was definitely possessed by something. He saw something in space, and it possessed him. And then Scully's like, well, his doctor says he was suffering from severe dementia. But Mulder thinks that Belt actually sent Michelle the x-rays, because we find out that he actually authorized the x-ray for that valve as well. So in addition to the O-ring, he also actually authorized the valve x-ray. Right. And so he must have sent that to Michelle in one of his maybe like more lucid moments when he had control to try and get her to stop him from sabotaging the shuttle. Right. Because he couldn't control himself. Or this is what Mulder thinks. Right? Yes. So, and then Mulder thinks like, you know, but he 
took the thing out with him. Like, you know, that's why he killed himself because like he was saving again, like he was saving us. Right. A bit like ice, right? Same thing with those guys. This one probably didn't work out that way, as we discussed a minute ago. But then we cut to Belt's funeral at the cemetery and we get like a jet flyover and Mulder kind of looks at Michelle and nods and she kind of does a little nod too. And David's there and he's in his little military uniform and he <laughs> does a salute when the planes go over and he's got a really bad mustache and he honestly looks like he doesn't know where the hell he is because he's kind of like looking around like, what am I doing here? Are you my wife? I don't know. So, like, I probably wouldn't trust him to drive a bus, never mind a shuttle, but, yeah. And then it's the end. Yep, that's the end of the episode. Yeah. I don't know. I had a lot of questions about this. Well, I guess I only had, like, two questions. One... Rest in peace, Colonel Belt. Why did Belt think that we'd kill the entity? And two, what exactly was the entity's motivation like I, I don't get it he's been possessing this guy for like how many years and he's only managed to really effectively sabotage one shuttle mission and maybe like postpone a couple others so yeah. like is his goal to keep humanity out of space does he just like messing with people like what he, does it want well maybe he's not really good at possessing people and like it took him like what's the math on that from 66 to 93 that 27 years well 86 because so. if he succeeded with the challenger then that was true so it took him 20 years but we assume he got possessed in 66 because that's when right so that was 20 was, years right? before he managed to actually so. succeed and yeah then, well i mean maybe he was maybe he was responsible for apollo 13 too maybe yeah but, it's just i don't know it was confusing because yeah. like i would have liked to get I mean, more TV of a show. clear idea of like what the entity other than just random, like, wreaking havoc and sabotage, I would have liked a specific motivation for this thing. Yeah, it's not the best thought-out story. I mean, like, it's a good idea. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. No, the idea of, like, an astronaut getting possessed by something while in space and bringing it back to Earth, like, that's scary. And that can have, like, all sorts of, like, you can come up with a thousand stories. Plus, you get aliens and you get ghosts. Right. Whoa. I mean, what if that wasn't an alien? What if it was actually Howard Graves? <laughs> and he's like, nope, you know what? I'm going to mess up some shuttles now. Like, I'm so mad that Lauren left and went to Omaha. I've already messed up this computer. And now I'm going to mess up some shuttles. That's what, that's what it is. There we it's go. It's always Howard Graves. <laughs> that guy. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. So... Yeah, that was my big, like, I actually, like, <laughs> I was, like, thinking about it last night. And I'm like, what did this thing want? What was its point? Like, I don't understand. So that was my biggest, like, I think frustration with the episode. Yeah. Also, just the running back and forth. Like, I feel like it was just constantly, like. Yeah, it was. <laughs> back and forth from one room to another. It was like, and just nothing oh, everything's fine. Da, da, da. No, everything's not fine. Da, 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 da. <laughs> oh, everything's fine. Da, 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 da. Oh, everything's not fine. Yeah. Da, 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 da. yeah was kind of crazy yeah i mean chris chris carter so chris carter wrote this and he admits that this is the greatest episode ever however he thinks the episode would have been way better if they'd have been able to show like the astronauts reacting to like all the problems so they had like you know shuttle shots of like the astronauts going like oh we're losing oxygen and oh my god there's a space ghost and like having all that kind of stuff and it's like 
no, that would not have made it better, Chris Carter. You were wrong. What would have made it better is if you had, like, shown even less. Yeah, I feel like... Well, and that was the other thing. Like, why does it look like the face on Mars? Is it supposed to be an entity from Mars? Is that... Right, because the shuttle doesn't go to Mars. Right? So, like... Gemini 8 didn't go to Mars. It doesn't... That connection is super tenuous to begin with. Yeah. And then, like you said, why is it in black and white? The actual face is, like, orange. So, like... Yeah. It just... A lot of it just doesn't make sense. So, I think Chris Carter had a really good idea. But I think this is one where, like... The execution or what could have been done could have been done a lot better and we could have had just a better understanding of what the point of this thing even is like yeah i mean again bringing it back howard graves bring it back to to shadows right i think in the same way that like i talked about in that episode where i think it would have been better if we never knew if she was like telekinetic psychokinetic right or if it was a ghost like if we if we kept that really ambiguous that would have been like me, I think made a better episode the same way here. If we never really knew if he was just like nuts. Right. Or if, if it he was... was possessed, like if, like if he had like super, like, you know, like PTSD from what happened, you know, in on Gemini eight, or did he really get possessed by a, by a space ghost? Right. Right. Like if we didn't know, I think that would have been, and then you wouldn't have had to have all this stupid CGI that didn't work. Right. Well, cause then it like, that would be a really good question because what if he had like PTSD related to like early onset dementia and so he's like doing these things that he doesn't realize he's doing like to sabotage the missions and that makes a lot more sense and then if you leave it ambiguous you're like is it an alien or is it actually him yeah because you know maybe we found out that he tells the story of what happened so we don't get flashbacks but like you know before he goes out like when Mulder's like you know doing the hypnotism thing on him maybe we get the story of what happened right and then it's like whoa did that happen or it does he just have dementia right right and so we don't know what's going on and we don't need any of that cgi stuff we don't need any of the mars stuff either we don't need like the yeah we don't need that at of, all because that doesn't no. relate in any way except to show us the photo of the face that they then use as cgi which doesn't make sense anyway like it doesn't make sense yep. yeah so anyhow <laughs> so i'm guessing this was your favorite episode of all time it was. No. So this is like, this is, this one's weird because it's, it's like the f- episode that everyone loves to hate. Like when you look at lists of like episodes, this is always like the bottom of the list episode that people rank. Right. So, so am I going first this time or are you going first? Um, You've gone first every time. Yeah, you can go first. Okay. I don't so care. <laughs> I am actually, so. I've been struggling lately, so I'm, I'm still going to find a way to stall on this, just so we know. But I've been struggling in the last few because I feel like I trapped myself in one of my earlier reviews by giving a certain number. And then like I, I'm finding episodes that I know aren't better than that episode, but that I think maybe deserve a better rating. And so I'm kind of trapped because I'm, I'm, I'm like, I like sealing to myself okay. at a certain number now. And so... Like we talked about, like we may go back and revisit those numbers, like when we do a season wrap up. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna kind of hold what we have right now. Well, I saw so, you had like put in adjusted ratings in the spreadsheet. Yeah, so well, I figured like... we we would do that eventually, so I figured I'm gonna start doing it now. Okay. But so I'm still gonna hold true with what I said when we do our season wrap up, and then we can talk about the adjusted ratings. Okay. But as far as going forward, I am not gonna lock myself into those original ratings. That's smart. So. I'm actually going to give this one a four. Okay. 
And that is not to say that it, I think it's a better episode than the Jersey Devil or than, um, what's the other one that I gave for? I gave a four to, oh, Ghost in the Machine. So Jersey Devil and Ghost in the Machine. I don't think it's better. Or I'm sorry, I gave a three. I gave a three to Jersey Devil and a three to Ghost in the Machine. Right. And that's not to say that I think Space is a better episode than those because I'm giving Space a four. It's just that I'm not going to tie myself to those numbers because I think I, I think I lowballed those episodes. Okay. So I think I trapped myself by going too low on those and then I'm finding the other episodes that are maybe the same quality or maybe a little bit lower, but I don't want to go lower. I don't think that's fair. Right. So I am going with a four for this okay. episode. That's funny because um, I'm actually going to go with a four as well because it's about oh. on par with Shadows to me. Like... It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Like it's not the. It's not. I don't dislike it as much as I dislike Jersey Devil. And even like I gave Ghost in the Machine a little less because I. I think it's a little better than that. But I just. I understand where they were going, and I really liked Mulder geeking out about the astronauts and stuff. I thought that was fun, but otherwise, like I feel like they just could have. Chris Carter could have committed or done like what you said and just like made it ambiguous or he could have committed to a different story where like the entity did have a better motivation, but because it didn't, it was just a lot of like, I'm going to possess this human and go to earth and randomly break things. And so I feel like that yeah. is not as, but again, it's not an episode where I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm not going to like turn it off. If there's a yeah. marathon, I'll just let it, it run. also falls into that category much like, um, again, to go back to shadows, it falls into that Scully and Mulder help a random person solve a problem. Yes. Story like you know, like the Highway to Heaven version of X Files. Although maybe I would probably go with the Incredible Hulk, but you know, there's no one turning green. So, but yeah, just like you know, you're traveling around and you're helping people. Yeah. It kind of falls into that category of episode as well. Yeah. So. so. Anyway, yeah, I'm gonna give it a four, but my four yeah. is a little different than yours. Although when you adjust your ratings. Maybe not. Yeah. So, teaser, I have adjusted every episode since the Jersey Devil now. Yeah. So, in my adjusted ratings. Yeah, so. I have not done that yet. Also, I want to say that there's a Netflix documentary about the Challenger that I really want to watch. I haven't watched it yet because I just do not have the emotional bandwidth for that right now. But when I get it, I do want to watch it. And it is apparently about, like, not only the O-ring, but also just, like, how, like, corporate greed and, like, the, the politicization, that's not how you say that, <laughs> like politicizing the launch and stuff like yeah. that and making it the symbol is like forced them to do it when they probably shouldn't have because yeah. it wasn't safe. And ironically, I mean, and if anyone wants to go and look at like the Rogers Commission, the Rogers Report for this, and, you know, like I said, you can probably see the video of um, Richard Feynman doing his presentation. But one of the ironic things about the O-ring was that they gave the O-ring, I guess they have like safety values that they assigned to every component and like the o-ring had a certain like high levels and so that's why they figured it couldn't be that but it turned out it actually was there was right. like some irony of that like they were they were like you know they touted the fact that this would be so safe and it's actually the thing that caused the problem right so, so i do i just want to let people know that exists if you don't know that already and if you've watched it what you think of it i'd love to hear that and i will watch it as soon as i can tolerate something that's probably going to make me angry and also cry <laughs> oh, okay. All right, so we got a double four on this yeah. one. Yeah. All right. I'm going to update the spreadsheet right now. Boom, there cool. we go. And then... Well, next episode is uh, 
Well, I'll let you. You seem to be the one that does that, so I'll let oh, you. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> you can I'm not going to step on your toes. Oh no, I I don't care. It doesn't bother yeah. me. But I have to say, going back again to Jersey Devil and how I talked about, like I'm basically re. When we do our season finale, I'll be adjusting my scores for some of the episodes, mm-hmm. and I hopefully those will be the only ones because now I'm kind of like okay, I'm feeling a little better now what I've done, but like the Jersey Devil has that problem, Shadows definitely has that problem, Ghost and Machine has it a little bit, and then this one definitely has it of like they're like we talked about before they're trying to find their way because we're still in the first season we're only ten episodes in right, right to the X Files and they have eleven seasons we're only ten episodes into the first season. And they're trying to find their way, but they're trapping themselves by getting to these stories that they don't have the budget to really do properly. But then they try anyway, and they just need to pull back and like show less. Like we talk about yeah. in the Jersey Devil, like the early scenes when you don't really see what's going on, like those are really effective. But then once you see that it's just like a woman running around buck naked, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't grab you as much. With work, shadows, yeah. like don't don't show the ghost dude. Like we don't need to see the ghost dude, right? We don't need those special effects to make the ghost dude fight the guy in the face, right? So like you could be saving some money and then also make your episodes more effective. Yeah, I agree. So uh, maybe they'll maybe they'll figure that out. Maybe I, I think they do. So yeah, the if next not, episode, Chris Carter, hit me up and we'll uh, talk. <laughs> We've got something coming on. Uh, so the next episode is Fallen Angel, which again, if it's the episode I'm thinking about, then I know it's it's about, but I'm not entirely sure that I'm thinking of the right episode. So I will see. Okay. That was a nice hedge. If it's the episode I'm thinking about, I'll know what it's about. And if it's not, Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Because like, I think I know which one it is. <laughs> I do think so. But then I'm not 100% sure. Because like, I might be thinking of a different episode that happens like in season two that's later or something. So if that's the case, uh, okay. then I will be very I mean, it's surprised. Obviously about, it's obviously about Satan. Um, that's not what I remember, but I could be wrong. Like Fallen I said, Angel. I mean, come on. I, yep. I don't know. So we'll see. Yep. Although, looking at my list, I do see that it's actually a myth arc episode, which means it's probably about aliens. aliens. So maybe it's not the yeah. one I'm thinking of. We'll see. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to find out. We'll find out. Dun, dun, dun. Boom. <laughs> I Want to Rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded at Black Cat Studios. Hashtag really just a bedroom closet. Research for this episode includes The Unofficial X-Files Companion by N.E. Gange. The Truth is Out There, the official guide to the X-Files by Brian Lowry. X Marks the Spot, on location with the X-Files by Louisa Granitzer and Todd Pitson. And Wanting to Believe, A Critical Guide to the X-Files, Millennium, and the Lone Gunman by Robert Shearman. Episode production, editing, and mixing is by Lazy End Productions. Our music is Dark Science by David Hillowitz. And The Truth is What We Make of It by The Agrarians. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review to help us improve the podcast and reach more listeners. You can find us at anchor.fm slash I Want to Rewatch or wherever podcasts are found. Or simply head over to IWantToRewatch.com. And feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. We are at RewatchXFiles. We're also on Instagram at IWantToRewatch. You can also email us at IWantToRewatch at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash IWantToRewatch by clicking on the message button. And you can always share this podcast with a friend. If they like X-Files, we'd love to have them join us. Speaking of which, be sure to join us next time as we rewatch episode 10, Fallen Angel. And try to figure out if If the the truth truth is still out there. there.
opportunities dun, 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 dun. anyway yeah 